Welcome to the 99 Topics for the CCFP Exam podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brady Bouchard. This week's episode is a bit special. I have Sonali and Mark who have graciously volunteered their time and effort to talk about the Sioux and Sioux prep and how best to study and prepare for that part of the examination. So I'll let them take it away. I hope you enjoy. All right, so we're rolling. So... I'm just going to start off by saying my name is Dr. Sonali Srivastava. I'm your guest host today for the podcast on Sioux practice sessions. I'm here with Dr. Mark Karanowski, who is a family physician at the Jewish General Hospital, which is a McGill training site for family medicine. So welcome. Thank Mark. you. Thanks for being here. Um, also, for 10 years, he's helped with Sioux preparation and practices for our residents, and he's been an examiner for five times for the college as well. So we have a couple of questions for you. Perfect. We'll start off with, why did you choose to get involved in helping residents practice for the zoo? So zoos are a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed them a lot um, when I was preparing for my residency, but it's a challenging part of the program to prepare our residents for the exam, and uh, the zoo is one of the main components. One of the things that I like the most about the SUS is that it's both part of the exam and it also teaches a lot of skills of how to interact with real life patients. Um, and while SUS are often a, people complain that they're a fake scenario and they're not real, what you learn from them and the techniques you use to successfully pass them can be really used uh, in real life to make those interactions more valuable and worthwhile for the patient. Um, when you're negotiating, taking a history, um, even fifing a, a patient in real life, it can actually give you a lot of good information. I often find asking a patient what their expectations are can allow me to better satisfy their experience and address their concerns in a way that they walk away much happier than it would be if I had no idea what they were expecting. Right. So while we bait the students um, and the residents that we're helping them prepare for the exam, it really is about helping them take care of their patients in a patient-centered and a time-effective model. Good. So that seems like quite a worthwhile endeavor. It's going to help us be better doctors. How do you think residents should prepare for the zoo? And what specifically can they do to practice? Is there a format that you know of that's useful? There's many different options about how I think residents should prepare for the Sioux. I think, uh, in truth, uh, a lot of my residents have started with study groups and they've practiced within their groups, they've practiced with staff or with other uh, practitioners. Um, and one of the things that I've seen that a lot of the residents have done is each of them will pick a case, they'll prepare it, and then they'll practice with a group on each other. Um, but it's important to not read the cases before you actually do it, because if you know the case, it makes the practice impossible. Um, and so, I mean, I've done Sioux training sessions with residents that have gone very well, um, both just the regular kind. And then the one that we've been doing for the past couple of years that's been a lot of fun has been basically to train our residents as trainers, uh, as uh, examiners for the suit. So this is a type of session where they will practice being an examiner as opposed to being... A, a, an examinee. Right. And so residents get to see the same Sioux done four or five different times and practice scoring the Sioux itself. 
And I think early on that really helps residents learn how the scoring grid works yeah. and better prepares them to actually perform on the exam themselves. That makes sense. So a resident could even do this with like, you know, four of their buddies and see what right. the differences are. So basically the, what I've actually suggested to the residents is, is if they're in a study group of four or five people, mm -hmm. first person walks in the room, does the sue, then sits in the corner mm -hmm. with, with the grid and then marks the next person coming in along with the examiner. And so right. basically that first person would see four of the same sue. Yeah. And that... get, 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 get used to it. And they hold the, uh, the, the sue marking grid in their hands as the second, third and fourth people walk in and then you rotate. So that way each person gets that opportunity. Seeing how some people do well and seeing how where people miss can be quite instructive. Yeah. And also there's often people will realize there's more than one way to do a sue well. And so they can pick up tricks from their friends that while they didn't, they don't necessarily do the opposite, but they can mimic some of the good things that they do and learn how to do their interviews more smoothly. Yeah. And how many, how many sues do you think a resident should do before the exam? It's a good question. I, I'm not sure there's a, a right answer. Um, I say the most likely the best number is until you are comfortable. Right. Uh, some need more than others. And really, the, there's two parts to it. One is to master the process. So if you understand how the Sioux works, how to walk in, how to introduce, how to go, how the prompts work, I think that's the first step. I think after that, it would be a matter of how many do you need to do so that you're confident that you can actually do the Sioux in the 15 minutes. Okay. And is there a time frame? Like how much before should people start practicing? I, I think it's a good idea to get an introduction to SUS in the first year of residency. Um, SUS are hard. Um, and to ask an R1 to do a 15-minute interview with two problems and a social context and then to manage both is a pretty challenging thing. I mean, most medical students take one to two hours to do a complete, complete history in this complicated of a patient. And usually in the first year of residency, residents are learning their skills and their communication skills. And it can be quite challenging to do it well in 15 minutes. So I think doing it once or twice in R1 would be a good idea. And then in the second year, I think doing it multiple times uh, October, November of the second year is a good time to start doing more. At McGill, we typically do four or five formal practice sessions, and then a lot of the residents will come and seek out staff to do extra ones mm -hmm. on top of the uh, on top of the study groups that they do. So I would say six to nine months before the exam would be a good time to start doing more of them. And there are limited amounts that are released, and you don't want to do them too early because if you do them before you're ready you're kind of wasting the practice. And where can people get these these practice use from? So the college has released a fair number of them that are available um, online, even on the cfpc.ca slash SUS. Right. I think there's five or six uh, SUS that are available. And I'm sure if you Google SUS, you can find other ones that are online. And yeah. a lot of residents pass them between each other as are available. Yeah, that's right. That's how I got mine. What are the common mistakes that you've seen? So it, one of the, the greatest things I did to, in order to teach the SUS was actually to be an examiner for the college. And it really focuses you when you see the same SU 20 or 30 times in one weekend to see where people come into common uh, mistakes. And usually after I do the exam, I come back to the Jewish General Hospital and I would review with my R1, soon to be R2s, what were the common mistakes. So mm -hmm. uh, I think the common ones that I see um, 
are often when people cheat on their review of systems. Um, the way the Sioux is structured is, is you have to ask often five or six things in a review of systems in order to get the bullet points. Um, and so what I tell residents to do is to take their hand, cover the body part involved, and ask all the questions on the review of systems below your hand. Okay. So if you're covering the chest, ask the lung, the heart, the reflex questions. Mm -hmm. Try not to avoid them because we never know which ones are going to be scored, and those are the ones that you need to ask. Uh, and that fits in with time management as well. You want to keep track of where you are in the Sioux. Don't need to be too fast. Don't need to be too slow. Um, be aware of when the prompts are coming. Be aware when you have three minutes left. Mm -hmm. Would you um, advise getting a particular watch? Like I know a lot of people had the digital watches and would, would time it. So it's interesting. I, I, I was not the type to want to have a watch. Mm -hmm. um, so me personally, I don't like it. I think it's an individual choice and people should practice with and without it. Okay. Uh, one of the things doing when I did the exam that was kind of funny was uh, candidates would try to take my clock as the examiner and look to see how much time they have left. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. So if you really want a clock yeah. or a phone of some kind, just make sure that it, when it counts down, it doesn't beep so when bef before the time's up. So I would say even right. at 15 and a half minutes. So that way yours would be well after the examiner's. Okay. And where do people often lose marks? Um, all over the place. Um, it's it, it's pretty broad where people will will end up doing things. I think where people make mistakes that are kind of not good is when they don't listen to the answers the patient gives. So a patient will give you a cue that there is something wrong, um, and the candidate will just be asking questions just to, to ask the questions and not really following up on the answer. And often the the, the examiner will give you a cue that they're written into the script like. Um, um, what do you mean about chest pain or what right. do you mean about family history? And if you don't follow up on that, you're missing the marks. Ah, I see. Uh, okay, so that's sort of meant to guide you. Exactly. And so if an examiner during the exam asks you a direct question as a follow-up to your question, mm -hmm. know that in the script they were not allowed to give you the answer unless you gave some more clarity. And so often candidates would just not listen to that answer mm -hmm. and just bypass it and not get the marks. Okay. Good advice there. If someone gets stuck mid-sue, which might happen, what should they do? So it's, it's interesting. I, I haven't really seen that very often. Okay. Um, I don't really remember. But I think one of the tricks that I would say is, is same with a patient. If you're lost, summarize. Mm -hmm. so, so it seems like this is what's been going on. Do a brief summary. Does that seem fair or does that seem to address the issues that you came in with today? And the examiner usually will confirm or reject or clarify things that you got wrong. And I think it's a good way of resetting in real life, as in with a Sue. Yeah. And in your experience, um, is there anyone that really stood out as, um, or any situations that were particularly great for the Sue? So I think the best candidates that I see are the ones that are very patient-centered. Um, when you get that feeling that they care about you and they're following your lead uh, as opposed to just asking you questions to ask questions, um, the, the examiner will feel much more comfortable and the, the sue just seems to happen and the information flows. Residents who are candidates who ask open-ended questions at the beginning and then clarify later, they get a lot more information. Okay.
So it sounds like it's more smooth when you do it that way. Yes, I would always advise start with open-ended questions first, and then once you've heard the whole answer, mm-hmm. then ask your clarifying. So I often recommend to residents, they'll say, they'll come in, they'll say, well, what brings you in today? And they'll say, well, I'm having chest pain. The, fir- the next question could often be, well, tell me about that chest pain. Be okay. vague. The more vague you are at the beginning of a suit, the better, because um, examiners are told if they ask an open-ended question that you're allowed to answer, just answer it. And don't get cut off. So uh, often people say, well, how long has this been bothering you? Four months. That's a one question. So tell me what happened over the past four months. And don't stop until you get to present tense. Okay. And this is along the same lines. I mean, if you remember a candidate that stood out for being either really good or really not good, what did they do to get themselves in that position? So I think one of the most challenging ones I've ever done was probably on a practice was the uh, the candidate came out of character okay. and started complaining about the format of the soup. Oh. And so I would not recommend doing that at all. Um, but I've asked, also had people that have been machine gunning questions, just asking questions to ask questions, not listening, arrogant, abrupt, condescending mm-hmm. to the, the patient. I would say it, it does happen and probably would want to avoid that. And also one other big piece of advice is really don't leave early. Um, okay. I've had some candidates that have finished with four or five minutes left. And really there's more information than you can get in 15 minutes, even if you're the best person to take the Sioux. I would strongly suggest staying the whole 15 minutes because you're just asking to have missed points if you leave that early. So let's say you get to the 12-minute mark and you feel like you've done everything. You've, you've made your summary statement. You've had a treatment plan. Are you still allowed to ask like review of system questions and able to get those points? Yes. So the, the, the rule with the colleges is in the last three minutes, if you ask an open-ended question, you probably won't get very far. Okay. But if you ask a closed-ended question, do you have chest pain? No mm-hmm. or yes would easily be answered. Okay. If you missed um, asking about their spouse who ended up being a whole long-winded conversation, you might not get all of that information out. Right. But if you ask a direct question, even in the last three minutes, the examiner is supposed to give you a direct answer. Okay. Just you're supposed to avoid opening up a new vein of thought in the last three minutes. I see. And that's what really, if you haven't asked your question and you have time left over, sit in silence for 10 seconds and then think of the questions you didn't ask and then ask them again. Have you noticed if residents who take notes during the Sioux seem more organized when they ask questions? Uh, that's a good question. Um, some yes, some no. Okay. Um, I've seen a variety of things. I've seen people come in and write nothing. I've seen people come in and draw a grid of what they have to cover and really just do check marks in the different areas of the grid, kind of way of mentally organizing what they have to do. They check it off. Right. Others write notes. Um, for some people, it works. For some people, they actually get lost in their notes. And I've seen some people spend too much time writing instead of talking. So I think it really is individual. And I think if you somebody is a writer and likes to do that to help organize them, do that while you're practicing and see if it kills your time. Um, if your timing is kept on and it helps you stay focused, I think it's a good idea. Okay. And let's say someone's doing their sue, this is the real deal, and they feel that the actor was not being true to their part. What systems are in place for reporting this? So... At each Sioux site, there's a site coordinator who is responsible for the overall 
uh, running of the Sioux. And so if there was a major issue, I would ask to speak to the site coordinator or to the site uh, staff themselves. Um, there is, I believe, also an opportunity to write an evaluation of the exam itself where you should write it down. But I think the most important thing is if something happens during a Sioux and it's not your last Sioux, put it out of your mind, finish your day, and then at the end of the morning or at the end of the afternoon, that's or when you're done your last suit, that's when you would go and report and discuss what had happened. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to lose focus for your next suit. But there are people at, on site that should be able to help should anything happen. Excellent. Any words of wisdom that you'd like to impart as the last question? So I think it's important to remember a suit is 15 minutes two problems, one social contact, one context integration statement, and manage both. Keep remembering you have to do all of those. There's 11 marks on each Sue. You got to make sure you check with the patient and make sure that they agree with each of your plans. Um, again, don't leave the room early. I think you're just losing points. Ask all your questions on the review of systems and differential diagnosis. I kind of like reminding people when you have three minutes left, that's a perfect time to do a social context integration statement. So I see that you have problem A and also problem B all in the social context C. That must be difficult and I would like to help you through it. It's a good way of a reminder just to do it and to throw it in the examiner's face that you've actually done that. And finally, in management, always remember to offer pharma options and non-farm options for treatment um, and to involve the support network in whatever plan they are doing. Often okay. those are things that, that come up in the marking grids. Wow. Well, thank you so much for this information, and thank you so much for your time today. I think this will help a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you found that podcast very useful, and I hope it will help you in your own exam. As Dr. Mark Karanowski was saying, um, sometimes a template can be very useful. So I'm going to share with you the template that I created with a friend of mine while we were studying for our own SUS. We found it was really helpful, and if you remember it, then it would probably get you through the SUS quite smoothly. We'll publish it online, and again, good luck. Bye for now.